This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Chickity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, oh, my fine yeah. metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I'm uh, Chuck. And I am Godless. And this is your weekly That's examination all we of all are. things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. This week brought to you by Creative Live. Uh, you want to learn how to record music? Check out our friends over at Creative Live. they got classes on engineering, mixing, mastering, all taught by your favorite artists between the Bear and Meat Converge, Periphery, Dillinger Escape Plan, our good friend E.L. Levy. Head over to creativelive.com slash audio to learn more and watch some free previews today. Get yourself some education. I.L. Levy and Monuments coming up. Isn't that happening? Like, I think that, that had that already happened. Like just the, happened? Yeah, I think so. I think it like just just went live. So Okay, because I looked on the site and I saw that it was like there and I wasn't sure if it was like still in the countdown mode or not. But no, yeah, I, okay, good, good. It's there. It's available. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Please, if if you checked it out, please let us know. But dude, 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 so you remember like a week, a couple weeks ago, I was talking about how Creative Live should replace Obamacare, <laughs> something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, so like, there was a guy on on Twitter who got really upset because he was saying that I was like uh, diminishing, you know, like mental, mental health, health. Oh. issues. And, and and minimizing them and not respecting them and and treating them uh, uh, awful and and you know I, I I thought that you know the joke was a little obvious. Has I mean, been I, listening I mean, to our podcast lately. We've been dealing I, with a lot of mental health issues, not just our own, but like <laughs> you know a lot of our artists that we've had on have had, had some serious issues. But just to explain, like it is true when you learn things, your mood improves. True. When you learn things and learn new things, you get excited yeah. about the yeah. next day. It does mm-hmm. help in okay. that regard. That's documented. It's fact. You can't argue it. Now, when I say that if they just rolled out Creative Live nationwide, it would replace Obamacare, that is called an exaggeration <laughs> in the interest of humor. Okay. So, well, just so we're clear. But I, I, I was about thinking about hum- it. I don't know about the humor part, but okay. I get what you're saying. This guy is obviously upset, and and there's only one remedy I can think of for him, and that is, of course, <laughs> Creative, Creative Live. Live. <laughs> oh, full circle. I love it. Oh, that's perfect. Nice. <laughs> Make sure. Oh, oh, maybe he'll unsubscribe from the podcast. Oh, great. I had to block him on Twitter. I couldn't take it anymore. Oh, well, make sure uh, we don't block you. You can find us everywhere. Uh, iTunes, <laughs> Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get yours. That way it comes to your device every single week. You don't have to like go find it. You can uh, get it right there. Leave us a couple of stars on all those platforms and tell us that we suck. You can also find us at MetalSucks.net every single Monday. So dig us up there. And on social media, I am at Bearded Ape. I'm at Godless Speaks and Godless Speaks. So Chase is... <laughs> Godless Speaks on Facebook. That's where I'm There you at. go. And uh, so Chase is down. Stock us, whatever you feel like doing. That would be uh, kind of awesome. You can find us on Instagram at Chuck and Godless and on Patreon.com slash Chuck and Godless or Chuck and Godless.com. 
Thanks to our early adopters. And if you are listening to this episode, we've got Otep on this episode, who is, a, I would consider at this point, a friend of the show, because she's a, you know an awesome person, and we spent a lot of time talking this week. But we're going to have something special for our Patreon people, at least early anyway. You're going to get a piece of this interview, because we talked to her for like an hour and a half, almost two hours, I'd say, talking about all kinds of political stuff. And, and I want you to hear that stuff. I really, really do. But I want to focus a little bit more on the, uh, on the album and some of the music that we, that we talked about because that was really interesting and cool too. Uh, but Patreon subscribers, you are going to get a special look at that stuff before anybody else. So if you are subscribed to chuckandgodless.com, uh, we're going to give you the, the bulk, the hour long rip on Donald Trump, uh, <laughs> that, that we did, uh, with, uh, Otep uh, before our interview, if you will. God, yeah. And we yelled, uh, at each other about Clinton. Dude, yeah, I find it fun, dude. When you get going, because uh, we've got an interview that we're gonna get coming up with, um, uh, who was it? Richard Patrick too. Also, not this episode, but the, you know, a couple episodes, a couple oh, weeks filter, from now. Yeah. And oh man, you, 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 with your yelling at the top of your lungs, man. You guys were screaming Fire. at each other. Yeah, it was a good one. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. That's good stuff, man. So I yeah. got to yell at the at the guy from one. Hey, man, nice shot. Huh? <laughs> you, you know, living the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> that's that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah, just good times right there. Uh, but I think I think it, it might be like I think that it, it all sort of ties to like the fa- the only place that I talk to anybody is <laughs> through these conversations <laughs> on the podcast. I mean, besides my wife and kid, I really don't I don't communicate with anybody anymore. Well, dude, is that like by choice? I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, gra- granted, you know, like uh, every once in a while, I'll go out and go to a metal show and see something and see people in person and have conversations and stuff, you know? Yeah, like suicidal tendencies were coming to town. Exodus came to town. And both of them, I was like, I just don't want to go out. And it's so bizarre. Really? Yeah. And like, What's like that it's, about, been this way for, it's been like three months. The only time I've gone out is when I went to Florida for 70,000 tons. I like walk down to the grocery store and I walk back and that's it. The, wa- the grocery store is two blocks from my house and I, I don't go out. I don't do anything. I'm just, you know, I'm not working uh, at a job. I'm just trying to launch these two businesses on the side. So it's like, that's where I focus all of my time and energy. And, you know, that means extreme long hours and, and pretty intense all day, but it's always sitting here. You but know? it's not I don't like do- you spent a lot of time when you were here back in the States going out and hanging out with people, did you? No, but I, I, you know, I did a lot of consulting work and stuff. Yeah. So I would be at all these clients all the time and, yeah. you know, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. You know, lots of friends. Are you depressed? You know, I don't have any uh, uh, there might be some elements in de- of depression. I don't really get depressed because, you know, I, I got one of those, like, uh, you know, those people who have those new near, uh, near death experiences and they're like, I live every day as if it's my last. I yeah. do that, you know? And so uh, I don't know if it's really a depression. It's are you sure that, you're uh, actually doing that? Or are you just telling yourself you're doing that? <laughs> like, God, I feel like knows. I'm living every day to the, to the fullest sitting in front of my computer all day. Yeah. All right. I think I, I think I've slept like six hours in the last four days. And it's like, at this point, I'm just, you know, I'm getting antsy, itchy. Like or I'm, I'm so stressed about this travel to get to Austin for South by Southwest. Like I've got, I, 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 I usually don't get that way. I've toured the country most, multiple times. I've flown to more countries than a lot of people would be so privileged to do. Just, just I don't cruise, stress out. man. I mean, yeah. 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 But for some reason, like like this trip, like I'm more stressed. I'm so stressed out that like if 
I had this experience regularly, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't bother traveling. I'd just be like, screw it. I'm just not going to go. Well, I just wonder if like this, this is, is a, if this is the canary in the coal mine. I mean, is it always going to be this way for you now? Are you going to be a uh, be, oh, be free? I mean, you know, is, is this the beginning of a of a bad run? Or I mean, because it's not like you're going because on the cruise, the thing is like you forget you forget something. You can't go back and get it, right? It's not yeah. like you you know you're coming to Austin. You used to live here, and it's it's the fucking states. So you can get anything you need. <laughs> it's not it's not oh yeah. shit, I don't have any toothpaste. Well, you can find some fucking toothpaste. It's not like you're on a <laughs> desert island somewhere, you know. So I mean, I don't I don't get what you're worried about. I mean, you're not worried about because panels and all that stuff that we got. Is that is that shit making you nervous? No, I no, yeah? no, I haven't even really had a chance to think about the content for the panels yet. But there's things like you know, like there's a day pass that I'm supposed to get for somebody, and I haven't even checked in yet to see if that's happening or Dude, not. You need a checklist, bro. Oh. Come on, you gotta, you gotta I, like get you gotta get a better checklist system. Whether it's a um, like Evernote or something like that that you can use on your phone or something that that can organize your shit for you. Because I mean, I'm a list person. Like I need, I've got a pad with all my shit listed out, and that's what I do like every day. Uh, the first thing I do is I sit down and you know whether and that's if I don't have that that shit, then I'll go. I get all twitchy and weird. But I need to have my list. If I don't have my list, I'm not. I'm fucking useless. I, I got my list here from Tuesday, and it says, don't go out. <laughs> <laughs> my list on That's Tuesday says, make a list. <laughs> it's like, uh, organize my list. Know, you know, it's interesting you bring up that idea. Like, like is this maybe like the dawning of some yeah. sort of agoraphobia, you know? You know, I mean, like, if you don't want to go outside, that's a problem, dude. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, I mean, it's you didn't, you bizarre. didn't, you weren't, admittedly, like, I go to shows three or four nights a week a lot of time. And I, I didn't see you around because you like to go to bed and stuff. You know, you yeah. actually get sleep. Maybe, maybe that's why it's got to be related like that. If you're not getting sleep, bro, then like seriously, that's got to be affecting you because you, you kind of need that or else you go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I need to, I, you know, I need to get back to the gym and, you know, all these other things, but it's really tough to do when I'm like, I got, I also need to launch these businesses. I also need to find some consulting work. I also need to do, you know, there's a huge list, you know, and, and, uh, right now I got to figure out a way to sort of reshuffle some priorities, I guess. You know? Well, you need to do a fucking podcast right now. So uh, that's what, <laughs> that's what we really need to focus on at this point. God damn it. Super mega priority. Yeah. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk later in the show about the crowdfunding and how it may or may not have jumped the shark. Hmm. Is it possible? That we're done? I don't know. Join our Patreon and find out. Um, we're also going to hear a song from Killswitch Engage later in the show. They're going to be doing South by Southwest. We'll talk a little bit about that. But first, our partial interview with uh, with OTEP. And I say partial, even though this could be a full interview uh, by anybody else, because OTEP is awesome. She is a wicked good. New album called Generation Doom is coming in a couple weeks. You need to check it out. It's something new and different from her that you may not expect. I would say one of these songs has got the potential of being like even a radio hit. It's possible. So uh, we'll get a little bit of insight into where that came from here on the Metal Sucks podcast. So yeah, uh, let's see. We've been talking for an hour. We haven't even uh, like mentioned the new record. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, that thing. Oh, by the way, yeah, I do this other thing too. Besides just talk your ears off, Love I uh, actually it. do write write music. Oh, I know, I know. Generation Doom, which ties into everything we've basically been talking about, uh, and uh, 
you guys brought up the police brutality. We just released a video. It's a promo video. It's not an official video. Just of uh, it's and it's it's about uh, it, it. It's called Lords of War, and it focuses on pretty much all the different types of lords and all the different types of war um, from the military industrial complex, which we've been talking about since I don't know World War II. People in power who take advantage and abuse of power comes as no surprise, is the old adage. Um, people who abuse their power and uh, those of us who are awake and aware, it's our duty to stand up and speak for those who are voiceless. And that's sort of what the song's about. Now, I've been following you on Twitter for a long time now. And uh, and, and I got to say that I ha- I don't think I've seen you this stoked for work that you've done in a long time. You seem to be really, really hyped up for this, uh, for this new record and the new tour and everything else. It seems like you're, you're ready to go. I am. You know, it, it was, I had to get away. Everyone's like, Oh, I thought your last record was your last record. Yeah. And it was at the time. It really was. Um, I had, had, I think I'd had my feel of the music industry and I'm, I'm speaking mainly of the industry of music. Um, at that time, um, I had just, it was too much for me to, to deal with. I think people that, that run music labels and stuff don't understand the, they don't understand fans. They don't understand music. They did, they definitely didn't understand me. And so I think I felt, I, I just felt like the creativity and, and all of it was becoming a chore and I never wanted to, um, People can hate my music or they can love my music, but they should know that it always comes from the purest place it can come from. And it's, it's just, I'm, I'm, it's not, um, it's not some sort of manipulative thing that I'm trying to do. It's actually comes from me as a person. It's just what my, my observations and my opinions and all that. So, but I never want to cheat anybody. I'm not just going to, I know I'm the girl that goes grr and I can scream. So I'm just going to put out a bunch of music with me screaming in it and, you know, that's all I'm going to do. That's not what I want. That's not why I got into music in the first place. I didn't want to, I, I knew I could do all these great things with my voice. I do voiceover work out here as well with, you know, I did the, the last Hobbit movie, the Battle of Five Armies. Say, don't get me going uh, on, uh, on Hobbit movies. I'll, I'll wormhole another hour on like, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I did the last one. I was in that uh, one. I did a PlayStation four game, the last of us. I was zombies yeah. in that. So, um, so I, you know, I, I, I know I can do all these crazy things with my voice, but that's really not what I, I really love writing. That's so, I felt like that had been stolen from me a little bit. And so I just, I took some time off and we were an unsigned band for uh, two years and we still toured and we still did great. And, um, we just went back to the core of why I wanted to do it in the first place. And, you know, people have to remember, I started the band just on a whim. I had gone to a festival, saw this really terrible band playing. I don't even remember who they are. They had two singers and they were drunk uh, falling over each other. It was a complete, I don't think even the musicians were playing the same song. It didn't sound like it anyway. And they were insulting the audience because they weren't cheering and they were insulting all the women and they were insulting everybody. And I was like, well, if those guys can do that and they can be here, well, I can do that. I mean, I can be this horrible. So I started the band and we got signed after four shows no demo to Capitol Records. Just, it just happened. There was no intention of getting a record deal. I just wanted to explore live performance. And so it, this kind of thing repeated itself here where we were just this band and we were unsigned. We were playing on the road. A little bit different venues now, a little bigger. Uh, we'd gone from starting off when we were before the first record, 
playing to 20 people, you know, to our eighth show, which was on OzFest, and we were playing in front of 25,000 people. So, and now we're back on the road as an unsigned band for two years, playing to all of our supporters and fans, and it felt liberating and free. And suddenly the song started to come back. And uh, I started writing a little bit again. And, you know, I'd been writing. I'd wrote a book of short stories called Movies in My Head, and I'd done that kind of thing, and I wrote a screenplay. And, but I, hadn't ri- I wasn't writing songs. And um, suddenly, because they weren't coming, so I didn't try. But then suddenly they started to come, and their melodies started coming, and rhythms started coming, and cadence, and messages. And it started to feel free again, and liberating again, and, and exciting again. That's gotta feel. Then, that's um, gotta feel great. I mean, like, I mean, from from that perspective, I mean, uh, when, when, did it feel like loss? I mean, when, when it, that went away, or was it like sort of a relief at the time? And then it was heartbreak. Yeah, it was complete heartbreak. Uh, I had known. I had been writing songs. I'd, I mean, I this is that was my sixth album, and you know, I was writing an album every every year touring for a year, writing another record, touring for a year. Um, I'd, I've written well over 200 songs, and I was just coming and just coming out. And, you know, nothing was being forced, you know, uh, the last record aside by the labels or anything. Um, but we were just being able to do what we were supposed to do. So there was always this outlet, this creative outlet, and it was fun. And it was labor intensive and as you guys know you know i love a challenge obviously why would i do this kind of music because <laughs> yeah, right. uh, you know right yeah. um there's not a lot of money in metal you know unless you're one of the giant giant bands uh there's not a lot of any of that so the aggressive world i stay here because of what because i i find creative satisfaction out of it it's really the only reason to do it and so it it, it did it felt i don't know it felt like uh felt like i'd i'd lost a huge part of me and I didn't know where to go with it because there's this hole now inside me that I haven't felt in a long time. In fact, music helped me fill that void in the beginning. Art had always done served is that purpose for me. I grew up in a really violent environment, really poor, uh, really bad neighborhoods. Um, my mom was really strong though. She was a really strong woman and um, we had, her parents were started out as, you know, uh, sort of really great people. And then they got mixed up with alcohol. And then that just kind of, my grandfather went to prison and that stayed with him his whole life as a convicted felon. And that's kind of changed the, the arc of our family. And it put, and so my mom worked really hard to get us back up where she wanted us to be. She never wanted us to accept our, our, or the conditions, our living conditions, or accept that, like, you're born, we were born, you were born into poverty, but you don't belong here. No one belongs in poverty. No one belongs here. Yeah. You're going to work station, hard. Yeah. You're not, that's right. It's nobody. Nobody should be yeah, poor. Totally. I mean, unless you're just, you know, those few people that just enjoy, like, hey, you know, I'm cool with it. But okay, fine. That's your, that's your struggle. For us, my mom never, she didn't, you know, she didn't like the fact she didn't want anybody to, you know, that people judged us because, you know, some of our other family was on the little bit on the other side of the tracks, they say, and they looked down on us and they, they judged us. And so, um, she never wanted to see that. So in the summers when all of our friends were running the streets and getting in trouble, which, uh, which, you know, of course we got in trouble too. And we did 
uh, you know, we got our 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 uh, share of trouble. But uh, she made us read books, and she made us write book reports, and it sucked. And it was horrible because it's sunny and everyone's outside and there's no school. And yet she's making us stay inside and read a book and write a report. And she's already read those books, so she knows what it's about. So she, we can't, you know, fool her. And we couldn't. And if we read a Disney book or something silly like that, she would make us read three of them. So she was very strong, and she she remains so. And and um, and so, I don't know. Just growing up in that, uh, for me, feeling very isolated, even in within as much support as I had from my mother, my family, my brothers. Um, no one was an artist, so they were all sort of scholarly folks, and still are. Uh, so I kind of had that influence early on about like, okay, fill your mind with words and keep your brain, you know, pollinated with wisdom or knowledge or whatever. And, and well, I guess knowledge was something else, but then art was always sort of the secondary thing and kind of looked upon as like a hobby. Uh, you know, go draw a picture, go do that, busy yourself with that, go write a story and show me later, you know, cause she's working two jobs and all this. So for me, I would never really found anybody that, connected with me artistically and so when music came and suddenly people are listening and suddenly people are connecting with the things with that I've been through and 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 they understand what a poem the power of a poem or you know the power of a song and how you know what a marvelous work of art a song is and it only costs like a dollar I mean you go see a Picasso and you might be like oh my god that's incredible it changed my life to see his breaststrokes right in person or Caravaggio or or Raphael or something, you're looking at it, and oh my, it's brilliant! And then you go, well, how much is it? Oh, it's $3 million. Ah, crap. But then you can, you know, you go listen to a song, and it, it, you can, on your best day in the world, you put on your favorite song. On your worst day in the world, you put on the, your favorite song. And it's like a dollar, but it's a piece of art that's with you your entire life. No matter what stage of life you're in, you can always go back to that song and go, oh man, remember that time we did this with that? And, you know, with those people, my best friend, I mean, that was sort of the magic of music for me. And to have that kind of stolen really felt like the worst heartbreak I've ever experienced. And to finally have it come back was feeling like rebirth. No wonder you're so happy and so jazzed about it and ready to get this yeah. good. You know, I mean, like it's it makes total sense. Well, it's like it's like as a your new campaign love again. manager, I want to make sure that Chuck knows <laughs> that this is a great American story. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, and that's you know, I mean, that's really. And then you know, this label came. You know, Napalm Records came, and our our A and R was 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 talking to me, and he was very persistent. I kept him waiting probably like five or six months, just like, I, I don't know if I can do it again. I just came back, you know, I uh, turning over my, my children to you, my songs, you know, my pieces of my soul, I'm giving them to a label. And, and yet, you know, they came back with just like, listen, we want to be partners with you. And, and, and it, and it really felt that way. And we ended up, you know, they got us Howard Benson, this producer got us in it and uh, got me an interview with him, this, you know, legendary producer, Howard Benson. And I sat with him and, I knew immediately that he was unlike anybody I had worked with before, and we kind of talked about, you know, um, intention, artistic intention, and he just, I was in one of my long rants, as I'm known to do, um, and he interrupted me, and he's like, listen, are you going to change anything if we do the record together? Are you going to change anything you say or how you say it? And he said, no. He goes, we'll do the record. And that was it. You know, so we ended up doing this record, and, and 
he's the only producer that's ever, I think, really challenged me as a vocalist. Most of the time, producers have spent getting the guitar tone right, getting the snare sound right, and then I come in and they go, okay, how do you, what do you, how do you like that? Do you like that? And I'll usually go like, no, and I'll end up doing probably 200 takes in a day, legitimately, not even exaggerating, 200 takes a day. And he was one of the first guys that actually sat with me and we did take by take by take, listened to it. He even challenged me on a verse, <laughs> which was, no one's ever done that before. He said, uh, your second verse is better than your first verse. Rewrite your first verse. And I was like, what? <laughs> Nobody tells me that, man. Who do you think you are? I mean, really, I was like, whoa, bro, hold on. What? I mean, I didn't, I, I just said, okay, but these are the thoughts I got. I got all blustery and like, what the fuck? And then I thought, hold on, wait, this, he's right. He's right. When he's right, he's right. And so I did it. And he was right. He was 100% right. And now this song is like, like, it's incredible. I go back and I look at what I originally wrote and I was like, ah. You know, he was right. And I love that. I cherish that. I do. I, I hate that uh, I hate that I was wrong, but I love that he was right. He, really. He could be I, your I, vice president. I'd love... Oh, Howard Benson? Are you kidding? He's so brilliant. I would love to have Howard Benson. He's actually we, um, kind of moderately conservative liberal. It's funny. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah. We may need to change the, uh, the name of the album, though. I'm thinking uh, we need to appease the hawkish wing of the Republican Party. I'm thinking mm. Generation Boom. Or, or for the Generation pro-lifers? <laughs> about for the pro-lifers, Generation Womb. Can we go with that? I love it. We could do, we, we'll, we'll release it in several different markets. Generation <laughs> Boom, Total. Generation Womb. I love it. I think Napalm might be all over this. I mean, I think they can see the upside, too. I hope people are listening and make a bunch of fucking memes about it. That would be goddamn hysterical. <laughs> well, no, I'm I, I'm glad that that's that sounds like a great experience. I mean, it sounds like a, it sounds like kind of falling in love all over again, you know, like just just rediscovering all, all of that that part. I mean, really? Yeah. You know, it's uh, yeah, I can't. Imagine. Were the band members surprised when you called up and said, we're going to do all it right. again? Getting the band back together. Uh, you know what? Um, a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think they were, they were, it, there's, there's, a, there's, there's this idea of what a record label is and what it does for people and what it means. And it's, it's all perception sometimes, right? Um, there are things that labels can do for you that you can't do unless you're extremely organized and connected. So they're, they're valuable in many ways, but there's also this sort of, I don't know, this theme that goes with being signed. And, and uh, so I think that they were, they were happy that we were kind of in part of a, a larger family of bands. I think that made them happy. They're very, my guys are all super talented musicians. I mean, anybody can say what they want about me, but you can't, you can't factually say my musicians are, are not as talented as they are because they're, they're incredible. They just are my... Not only is my guitar player just an insane musician, he plays every instrument. Every Name an instrument, the dude plays it. The fucking harp, the guy can play it. Um, but he's also a bodybuilder and a powerlifter, and he, he can deadlift a car. I mean, he's just and he's the nicest guy from Iowa. His name's Aristotle. He's Greek. You know, he's a very Greek family, and, and it's, they're, just the, they're my family now, too. They're just the best people in the world. Um, but when they heard my drummer, Justin, is just, like, incredible, can play, like, reggae grooves and blast beats and, you know, better, you know technical and, and, and organic at the same time, which is a really rare combination. So when they heard about it, it was, like, this thing of, like, excitement and then, like, I think hesitation because we'd gone through this process of being promised the world before. 
by labels and them falling way short and then not and then us having me having to like go to the mattresses with them you know and um this time they were like excited but it was hesitant excitement like oh all right and then now as they've seen how everything's happened and 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 unveiled itself everybody's just elated on fire i mean we're so excited we to get on the road um for this new tour uh it's like hard to contain it like it's only seven more weeks really like oh man i wish it was two weeks i wish it was here when's rehearsals you know like everyone's going to the gym they're excited they're getting ready you know we're getting our new stage set built so it's a really exciting time and again hasn't felt like this since the first record really um this new this this fresh this um real i guess i don't know it's hard to describe and what's crazy yeah. what's crazy about that is right is that without the loss that you felt you wouldn't feel mm. this way about this that's right brother. right well that's right you know they what do they say you don't you don't appreciate the sunny days without cloudy days right and i think that's true yeah yeah. That is true. See, I think that's bullshit, but that's all good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I live in California, and it's fucking sunny all the time here, and you just kind of wake up, and you go, oh, it's sunny again. Okay. But then when we get, like, two weeks of rain, and we're like, oh, rain is great for the first three days, and then you're like, ah, all right, enough rain, and then the sun comes out, and you're like, yes, the sun, blue sky, because, you know, it's, it takes either really high winds or really rainy days to get the sky to be blue here. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I agree. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's, it is what the other phrase, uh, you never miss your water till your well runs dry. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's true. It's easy, especially when you're in a position like a traveling musician and you go to these places and they pretty much cater to what you need because they want you to be happy. And, and it's part of the agreement when you, when you agree to play a venue, they, they do give you, you know, certain things that, you know, they buy groceries and food and water and stuff, and hopefully they have a shower. So you kind of can get into this idea that, that uh, you know, you have fans that love your music, and you can kind of get in this idea that you, you don't need it to evolve. You don't need to change. You can just stay the same. But I don't believe you can. And I look at my favorite artists, which a lot of them aren't mus- m- m- uh, musical. They're writers or they're painters. And I look at their processes you know picasso's blue phase or you know you can look at bukowski and his in his writings and his different poems and which phase of life he was in and you know even hunter s thompson and what he wrote and uh, and and how he evolved and on certain things and and i think that's important you need to be around people that challenge you and that make you think and make you feel um again because otherwise then it just becomes a job and uh, jobs are great but you should it should also be something that you're passionate about and it could be really easy to lose that and sort of become self-important and kind of, I guess, anesthetized to it mm-hmm. a little bit. So this was, for me, it was really important, you know, I mean, to, to be, to feel fire and, and passion again about something that I was, that means so much to me. Well, that's awesome. Is there a different kind of emotional preparation you got to do before you release an album versus releasing a book releasing you know participating in a movie or any other artistic expression you do it is a completely separate thing and they all are really but you know for voiceover stuff really it's just about um it, that's kind of a job to me it, it feels like a job i go in i just do what they ask me to do 
and I leave. Um, and they, there's always a little bit of creativity that you can bring in yourself, but pretty much you're coming in to do what they want you to do with what the, the character's been, you know, developed to be. Um, writing a book is sort of an inner, it's, it's an invitation to an inner universe. You know, it's an experience that you've created yourself. There's, you know, my, I, get an editor that'll come in that'll fix your punctuation, maybe tell you to restructure a sentence or a paragraph so that it's shorter and flows better. But for the most part, you do it as a solo event. But for music, it's it's art that has come alive. You know, I, I love reading a book because the, the, the universe that it's building inside you as you read it, it, it comes alive word by word, every word, right? But with music, it's not only the words, it's the, it's, it's the tones, it's the, it's the, the progression, it's everything. So it is sort of this four-dimensional experience in some ways um, because it, it ignites not only you know, all of the senses but also your spirit as well. And I think that uh, preparation for a record is like uh, to release an album is not only, um, I would say, um, it's, it's, it's part politics, part religion, part, um, you know, uh, uh, exposure to your own, to all of your vulnerabilities, everything that you are, uh, at least it should be, and it is for me. Uh, so releasing an album is um, not only communicating, you know, sort of because every song's different. We try very hard to make sure that every song is different on the record. So you have to communicate what the message is overall, but what each song represents, and then just preparing for, you know, it's a different person. You write a book, people will just read your book and they go, oh, it was good or it was great or it wasn't. You're writing, a, you write music and it's more like you're, it's a personality cult or something. You know, you have to make people, it's like politics in many ways. People look at you first and then the music if they, if they haven't heard of you yet, you know. Uh, people that have been with you for a long time will listen to the music first and then decide whether or not they're, they're with you on it. Um, so it's, it's a, I don't know, I guess it's a more personal it's hard to describe. I guess it's a more personal experience in that way. And it's not about the audience reaction and your exposure no. to it necessarily. I mean, live shows are definitely that way. And, but as far as, I mean, important. yeah, I mean, when I'm recording an album, I don't, I, I, I try to think of the only, the only time that I think about the audience is when I think about writing the song and thinking about performing it live and how we're going to perform you know, which part I know is going to be exciting and which part I know is going to make like, oh, we need this so that the, we can get everybody bouncing right here, you know, because I'm going to be jumping and if I'm jumping, they're jumping. and You know, this is the part that feels real and, and you know, you want crescendos and big pieces and then suck back down so that, you know, you keep that, that uh, Ariadne's thread of uh, tethered between you and the audience, the spiritual intercourse that occurs. That's really all I think about then. And then when it when we start doing promotions for the record, I just do my best to make sure that people understand, you know, uh, how important they are to me and that uh, I hope they like it, but that it was written really with uh, um, the best intentions in mind, but not primarily to address a certain genre. In fact, I, I really hate being boxed into a genre. I think that does, uh, uh, I think it really does our people that like aggressive music to say, that it's you know, metal or not metal. I think it does a disservice to all the bands that, that uh, put out aggressive music because then 
if it's not accepted by one community, it won't be accepted by another community, and they start arguing what's metal, what isn't, and it's like this weird, this weird infighting that the civil war that erupts, and it's been going on now for years, I suppose. Maybe in every genre that happens, but I, I just, I, for me, I just write music. I mean, there's a lot of songs on this album that that uh, are definitely not metal, and I'm very proud of them. <laughs> not because they're not metal, but because I'm very proud of the songs. People can judge whether or not they're, uh, if, if it's uh, something they like or not. I don't really care. I, it comes from a place of, uh, you know, we just want to write good songs and that mean something to somebody. Music well, is good for everybody worldwide all genre uh, i'm sorry all genders uh, uh mm-hmm. it's good for america that's what we're saying so <laughs> this album is music for america <laughs> boom oh yeah, there you go oh chap music yeah. for america 2020 <laughs> boom boom, boom. It's got to be a lot of like, boom boom. It's got to be a lot of like fire, like a fireworks. Yeah, and, totally. Like, have you guys seen? Have you guys seen that video of that eagle attacking Donald Trump? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's so fucking. That's like amazing. That is like it's such a it's such a theme for this whole campaign and everything. Like the bald eagle, a representation of our country, is like trying to eat Donald Trump. The chaos. The chaos. Yeah, yeah man. The chaos. Well, it has been unbelievable talking to you again. Thank you so much. I feel like we kept you way too long. Uh, Thanks, guys. I enjoyed it. I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm quite loquacious. I appreciate the opportunity, truly. No, love um, talking Especially to you. under better circumstances. Yeah, totally. I don't give a...
Nation podcast. What's up, jerks? My name is Matt Carter, and I'm from the Bad Christian Podcast. Yeah, that's me and Toby. Toby and I are from the band Emery, and then our friend Joey, who is a pastor, believe it or not. And what we do on our podcast is, let's see, well, we shoot the shit, um, we talk about bullshit, and then the rest of the time I think we're full of shit. So the key word about our podcast is shit. And don't let the name fool you. Well, I guess you could let the name fool you. I don't know what the name really means. But we're the Bad Christian Podcast, and you can check us out. Find us on iTunes and wherever else.
Metal Slicks Podcast brought to you by Creative Live. You want to learn how to record music? I know you do. Check out our friends over at Creative Live. They got classes on engineering, mixing, mastering, all taught by your favorite artists between the Bear to Me, Converge, Periphery, just to name a few. So head over to creativelive.com slash audio to learn more and watch some free previews. New music right there from Kill Switch Engage. Uh, what's that one called? It's oh, Doug Gunn. It's um, Quiet Distress is the new one. I cut the little intro off, by the way. Uh, Thank you. You know, just to, per godless, I had to make a radio edit of it. Um, Goddamn Metallica had like just screwed up metal <laughs> by encouraging everybody to put acoustic intros on every song. Right. God I know. Damn, just get rid of They're going to be part of uh, the Roadrunner Presents South by Southwest showcase. Uh, that's kind of, that's going to be on, I think, the Thursday night of South by, which is the same night is. Oh, God, that's uh, St. Patty's Day. Oh, Acoustic boy. intros are for baseball fans, you know? <laughs> dude, whatever, dude. Battery, I'm not man. a ba- – I don't like care the best thing ever. Ab- about, you know, making sure the bat, you got the rights. I, I don't care. Just get to the point, you know? Just – yeah, I like I like the bell rings and two guys start hitting each other. That's what I like. Yeah, but it can't all be that way. You need a little bit of so, – sometimes it's got to be uh, – it's got – what's the – Oh, damn it. The rope-a-dope. Sometimes you got to have the rope-a-dope, man, where it's like, yeah, hey, check fine. this out. Look over here. Hey, nothing going that's on. No, nothing going on. But and an acoustic bam, intro, there it is. An acoustic intro is not a rope-a-dope. Yeah, the it is. Intro, no, it's that's not. That's exactly what a rope-a-dope it's, no. it's, Yes, that's the whole thing. I mean, no, the, it, if you put it in the middle or something like that, no. okay, we can talk. When it's the intro of the song, though, oh, golly, I don't have time for this. Nah, see, I feel I feel like that's the whole point is that it's the hey, you know, oh, no, look, we're nothing to see here. It's uh, you know, quiet. Check this out. It's, it's a little the thing world then, is moving then, too bam. fast for acoustic intros in 2016. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I feel a South by Southwest topic coming on. We need to have a whole panel <laughs> discussing acoustic, <laughs> intros acoustic intros during South just, by Southwest. I, I, I feel a little bit like uh, that scene from Animal House where the guys playing the acoustic guitar, I and gave the girls on the my staircase, love a cherry. <laughs> That had no stone. This is me shrugging and saying, ah, "Sorry about that." Sorry, uh, smash your guitar, dickhead. Oh man, it is going to be one hell of a long week, and uh, I know that there's going to be a few people in uh, in Austin talking about uh, podcasting, OA, and uh, crowdfunding. Excuse me, uh, because you know that's the way of the world these days. Is everybody is crowdfunding. I think there's going to be people pitching. A new platforms to crowdfund, a new ways to crowdfund, new th- ways to do this and do that. I think that's going to be the way of the world, and it? it's where everything is going. And every band should jump on board, right? In 2013, or yes. not? Maybe, just maybe. Maybe it might have jumped the shark a little bit. Is it too late to crowdfund anything for your band, whether you're A, B, C, or D level? I don't know. It might be uh, it might be the end of the line for some of this crowdfunding BS. Well, it's been sort of sticking in my crawl that since we talked to Protest the Hero, we were doing that awesome crowdfunding idea over on Bandcamp, right? The subscription and, thing. Yeah, which I loved that. And I found it, it was exciting, the whole thing. And then we talked to him, and he's like, yeah, it's going okay. Yeah, and we're we're not sure if we're going to do it again. I'm like, oh, you're kidding! You're not millionaires off that idea. You should be millionaires off that idea. And then you know, Darkest Hour. You know, Mike Schleybaum's a friend of the show. They, they did their crowdfunding campaign. Fortunately, they they hit their goal right and exceeded it and the whole thing. But my reaction was like, why isn't this goal like ten times this? Well, there not, should not be- even that. But they, they hit their goal at like the mark. 
Like, like yeah. it was, it wasn't they like they hit the goal like Protest the Hero did when they first did their campaign, where you know they log on twenty hours later and it's fulfilled twice over. You know, this one lasted the thirty days. You know, and that is not Darkest Hour's fault. They no, no, no. Well structured campaign, a bunch of really good offers that they had for everybody. Well, you know, to, to, to pick up. To be honest about this, though, this really the impetus for this topic came up because we were talking about our patreon account and you know what you know the what we can do to to sweeten the deal for you guys that are out there that are that are part of our patreon subscribers and stuff like that and we got to talking about it and like you know people are kind of getting just a little tired of you know funding this shit is what they're kind of getting tired of you know this the crowdfunding thing it's they're just getting a little tired of it yeah and nail bliviscaris like launched their new subscription model thing uh over on uh on patreon as well and i don't feel the kind of energy that they had behind their record setting campaign yeah two years ago the one to, was that the one that they funded their tour on is that what they yeah, did yeah yeah exactly well you know and 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 part of that, I I think that you may have you're the one that kind of said it is that the you know the fatigue may have set in a little bit with people, and not that not that they don't want to support your band, not that they're not part of uh, part of that, not that they don't want to be a supporter of the podcast or a supporter of, uh, of those. It's not it's not as much that as this is one more thing that people are like every, every it's starting to feel like everybody's begging for money at this point, right? But that is, yeah, it's just not what crowdfunding is. But I think too many people perceive it as being that way. And, and perceptions, reality. Yeah. And so therefore, yeah, everybody's now the on the band side. People really got to sort of figure it out. I mean, when you look at like what we do with ChuckandGodless.com, I mean, it's like we put all of our content up all the time for free. Every single week, we 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 spend hours and hours on this every single week, and so when we we're, and we're not about to put it behind a paywall or anything, we're going to continue doing what we're doing. We'll, we'll always continue doing what we're doing, uh, hopefully. And but you know, so like so like the uh, the you know when we go on and go, hey, it'd be really great if you you know throw us a buck or two, you know, over on on uh, chuckandgodless.com. Yeah, we're offering some additional content out, out uh, for you, you know, uh, interviews, portions of interviews, you know, the an, an hour of talking politics with OTEP, you know, stuff like that. But the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, I can't imagine that people would be like, oh, my God, you know, take my money. I can't wait. <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the same time, though, at the same time, a lot of people said the same thing about like satellite radio, right? Now, there's no way anybody's going to pay for shit that you can get for free. You know, why would you even bother to do that? Why are you going to pay for that? It's like, well, when they find something that they really want, they're going to fucking pay for it. And 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 if they and, you know, and if nothing else to support it, right, you know, to kind of do I do I think Howard Stern needs more money in his pocket? Probably not. But if I really really am a fan of howard stern i'll throw down my 10 bucks because they got to pay him somehow you know so it's i i think it's because you're i think you're boiling it down more than you ever have before so you know i'm looking at i'm looking at darkest hours page right now and i see like just over a thousand backers about 1100 backers that that floated them the sixty thousand dollars that they made in their crowdfunding campaign that's an average of like six thousand dollars per person you know that's not like uh, and probably just to probably there's a small portion who contributed a lot more than others you know yeah. uh, the the bulk of those people probably contributed five ten fifteen dollars so that they get the digital download and, and so on so you know you're not going to be able to monetize like every every single person that the, that's 
that's coming to or at least to a, to a maximum level to what they could afford and nor should you uh the the idea is though is that you know hopefully you can spread the wealth and if people really like what you're doing you know hopefully they'll chip in a little bit you know and, and yeah and, but i mean still you're you're just asking i mean even when you look at like satellite radio right like you can i'm telling you you can get every episode of, of howard stern's oh, show off online for free yeah. i mean and you and you can put it on your phone and you can listen to it with all the convenience in the world it's it's you're doing Sirius and howard a favor by giving them money and that is wrong but <laughs> it's real so therefore yeah it is what it is yeah and so now if all right so so this is the problem if i'm a band and i i i'm not making money off of tours like i used to because there's live show fatigue it's going on i i can't make any money off of uh my digital content because freaking everybody can download it for free or listen to it on spotify for free and then i can't make much on merch because you know most people are like geez i don't need another black freaking t-shirt so before you could go well all right we'll do a crowdfunding we'll be cool well if crowdfunding fatigue now goes in now what are you gonna do well, but the thing the thing about this is is I think that with we're also not talking about like a situation where it's going to cost you five hundred thousand dollars to make a record anymore either, you know, or, or it's going to cost you know what I'm saying? It's not going to cost you six figures to turn out an but album. You gotta you gotta eat, man. Well, I I understand that. And you're the guy who talks about how before you do anything, you got to hire a lawyer to protect your logo <laughs> and stuff. Well, actually, so that's how true. the hell yeah. how in the world are you going to afford to do that? Well, hopefully at this point, you you know, like Darkest Hours got some of that stuff in place. I know, but we're talking about music in general. We're talking about yeah. bands in general. There's there's no viable revenue stream anymore. So what's I mean, the so? But ultimately, what that is is that that's the that that's the lay of the land. You know, I mean, it, this is the the new world order. So it's gonna have to boil out some of the people who can't afford to stay in it. So we're gonna leave art. <laughs> to only the one percenters well, i mean i mean but the thing is is that you know whether you can afford to do it or you find a way you know i mean it's it's like anything else you you, you either find a way to do it or you don't do it anymore so i just get sad that there's so many people who have got passion to 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 you know to yeah, express themselves they're, and do something but they're going to choose a different avenue to do it because there's but we're nothing. also looking at a world that's got you know probably 20 times more bands than it had 10 years ago there's so much out there and there's so many people who think that they can record at home there's so many people who think that they've got something good and really we're talking about 98 percent of the shit out there sucks ass so ultimately when you're talking about hey we're gonna lose some art here and we're probably gonna lose some shitty art is what it is you know it's it's no, gonna be some stuff gonna, that's not you're there gonna- you're going to lose some good stuff too. Well, you might, and and that's part of the sacrifice. And it's well, you unfortunate, definitely will. You know, but at the same time, when you see somebody like Neoblivascaris, like you were talking about, and the fans go, "This is really fucking good. We're going to support it." That's how it gets across. So you know, if people find it, they support it. They can bring it. It brings it all up. You know, it's it's the onus is actually more on the audience than it is than ever before because exactly, really, but. I think that's what the point that you seem to be missing is that they don't have to do it. And if they the don't have to, have to do it, yes, the audience oh, doesn't have to do it. No, I know. And so the audience at a certain point goes, you know what? I can, I'm going to move my resources to the things that I have to do. Healthcare costs 30% of my freaking 
uh, annual salary, which is three or four times what it was just a decade or two ago. So, you know, I am not saving for retirement. I am, I have to save for retirement. That's where these are the needs. These are things I have to do because I, my salary has not gone up one iota in 20 years. This is a middle class, lower class problem, which is the predominantly <sighs> the amount of people yeah. who are, who are buying music. And so when but, they go, dude. I don't have, I got to move what i want to do to what i have to do the first thing that happens is the end of the music that you love yeah but you know what though you're also talking about a time time and a place when you know how much money did you used to spend on cds cassettes and stuff like that Tons. tons of fucking money i had two goddamn jobs pretty much so i could support my fucking metal habit for years you know just so i could buy shit so you know i spent and spent and spent and spent and spent money on shit and i still spend money on metal and stuff whether it's actual product you know merch or tickets to shows or whatever it's you know you wind up spending that money so you get you wind up figuring out where you can do it people aren't spending money on buying music anymore so where the fuck is that money going spending a dollar to help fund fucking protest the hero or six dollars or twelve dollars a year to, to fund protest the heroes campaign that's that's nothing that's an album that's one that was one week in my life of, of a record that i bought that was a piece of shit that, so when i sold it back i got three dollars you know so it's not like it, that money has to go somewhere it, people and people are yeah they got other shit to pay for they found other shit to pay for but if it's got value to it people are going to be willing to pay for it you know i'm making uh, what i'm no value what i'm making the argument don't. for what I'm making the argument for is people people who value stuff will spend spend money on it, and that's why crowdfunding still I think will work. Now it's not going to work to the same level to where people are just throwing ten bucks out the door just for the fuck of it, you know. And and hopefully it's going to be good. They're gonna they're gonna put their money with people that they trust. Now getting to that point is going to be a lot harder for bands and people and podcasts and everything else to do to get to the point where people want to invest money in it. You're going to have to work a little bit harder to get into that and break into audiences and convince them why it's important. But maybe there's a way to bundle that shit together. Who knows? There, I think there's another step to this that we haven't seen just yet. But That's right. You know, That's definitely right. I mean, there, there has to be something that happens next because there is a need for music. But I think that what will happen is a bit of survival of the fittest. Or oh, the yeah, totally. And, and and too many musicians are gonna are gonna fold up. They're not gonna do nothing. They're gonna decide that they're just gonna write poetry or something. Yeah. And and that'll be the end of a, of a ton of it. But people will need it again. But then again, maybe they won't. My kid, he he just looks up tags on SoundCloud. He doesn't even know who the artists are. Right. He that's all he's doing. He's and he's got a constant stream of music through his little iPod. Mm-hmm. And I mean that is what teens and preteens are doing and that uh, that that's that's the future man well you know and and we we don't know what that's going to look like i mean who predicted we'd be where we are now 15 years ago yeah, anybody who was on napster when it first started <laughs> what that, that the whole world is going to implode because people are illegally downloading music well, yeah, I mean, what, what's been, you know, you had a bunch of labels that were saying, oh, no, this isn't going to be, but this is just a, yeah. a, 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 a fad. This is, 
you know, people still pay for music. And then here we are all these years later, 20 years later, and Napster, and as what it is, that is now as mainstream as anything. The fringe, the fringe is people actually paying for the music that they listen well, to. Well, but you start to see, I mean, and at the same time, though, you, with, the, with the ability to download music for free and the ability for those things to happen at the same time, we also, it concurrently happened that you could record and do these do this stuff and make really good sounding material without the use of a multi-million dollar facility to do so so uh, i i you think pa- the you cost- played me two bands earlier today that sounded like complete crap i don't know what the hell they're <laughs> but recording. that was on purpose oh though I, I, I that was on purpose but, oh, but that's you- the other thing that's killing music we're doing their other thing on that oh we, i'm gonna make my band sound like shit on purpose Fuck you. That's fucking black Fuck metal, you. bro. It's black. No, Whatever. You made on. me play some shit that was made on a computer that sounded like it was goddamn fucking ones and zeros screaming in my it's fucking ears. Awful. Awesome. Goddamn awesome. dubstep bullshit. Whatever. So dubstep. So in the end, but but in the end, it's really it, it's really about having a good product more than anything else, you know, or having a good reputation for a good product. One or the other, you know, because, I mean, I subscribe to the protest of hero sight unseen. I was like, fuck it. I love this band. This is a band that I love. Here's here's my 12 bucks. Go for it. I'm going to subscribe to your guys and chip in my money. Darkest Hour. You know, it's like, I fucking love this band. You know, throw them out, you know, and so on. Doc Coyle. Doc yeah. Coyle. You know, it's like, I'm going to stick. Nerve. I'm going to put, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is because I think that that's how it should be. You know? But I think that the, I think the fatigue is set in, and if I were a band, I'm keeping my eyes oh, yeah. wide open well, for whatever's next. Because if you can yeah. get on whatever's next early, you can be the one with the protest, of the hero success story. Or but the I Nate don't. Oliviscaris but I don't believe that it's a platform. You know, I don't believe like it's an it's another Indiegogo, another Kickstarter, another that this or that. I think no, it's not even crowdfunding. Yeah, I, and what I'm saying is, I think the guys. I think the guys who protest the hero are are the smartest one, the smartest guys in the room at this point, uh, because they were you know some of the first guys to really successfully crowdfund something like that, uh, as far as their that album, you know, and then now they're doing the subscription thing that's sort of working, kind of you know seems like it's okay. I like that model, kind of like, but I don't know why other people don't like it. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think it feels. I don't know. I don't know why people don't like it. You know, I'm not sure. I'm going to be on the floor of the South by Southwest trade show looking for the next idea because it's it's some punk ass 22 year old looking for That's funding probably true. with a with a with a with a, with a yeah that, that, that he's got the idea. And we'll, or, you know what? It's we'll the take, booth next to him where the with the girl with the with the freaking iPad and she doesn't even have a product yet, but she's got an idea that that she's the one's going to save the rescue the music business at least just for the next few years. That's what we need. That's what I'm looking for. So what we'll do is we'll take our Patreon money and invest in that. So we'll give them their fifty dollars and then stick it in there. It'll be awesome. I, I can't wait. Uh, good times. I don't know. I just don't know that there's a there's a complete answer yet, and it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. I mean, because. I I want I want so many of these people to be successful at this. It's just uh, like you said. I think people may just be getting a little bit a uh, little bit fatigued. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. Like I said, it's going to be one of those things. I think a lot of people are talking about during South by Southwest this week uh, because it's it's definitely it's definitely seems to be coming to the the bubble may have burst at this point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 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 All right, we got to wrap the show up, dude. Uh, thank you to Otep for being on this episode. If you want, make sure uh, subscribe on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, that feels weird. 
Now no, let me. No, it shouldn't. Now though. let me beg for money. All right. No, subscribe on Patreon. We're gonna have the rest of our conversation with uh, with Otep up there uh, for you guys. Uh, like immediately, you can grab that, and then uh, you know maybe later on it'll come out, come out from behind that paywall. But we also give you some extra stuff there. You can check it out. Chuckandgodless.com. You can go there. You can also find us on social media. I am at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks. And you can find and us. Godless speaks on Facebook. And you can find us on. You <laughs> son of a bitch. And you can find us on uh, Instagram at Chuck and Godless if you want to dig us up there. So I'll uh, make sure you you're in there. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, and you can dig us up on MetalSucks.net every single Monday. Until next week, I'm Chuck and I'm Godless, and this is the Metal Sucks Podcast. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.